Well, I am Texican bad man And I got a pistol in my hand And I'm gonna go across that Rio Grande Welcome. Um, hope you're doing great, man. Hope you guys are hanging in there. I hope you, I hope you're making something of this time. It's never gonna happen again. Fingers crossed, right? Knock on wood. It's never gonna happen again. And I hope that you are engaging in something new. I hope you're teaching yourself something. I hope you're learning. I hope you're sharpening in some way yourself, your relationships, your people around you. Whatever that is. Listen, I don't, I don't got a lot of time to, to dilly-dally around with this, all right? Because this, this is a big one, all right? It's one of my personal favorites. And it's so good that uh, we turned, the, re- turned the, the machine off. We were done recording, and we turned it right back on because we couldn't stop talking. And this guy is incredible. And what they're doing, it's, it's a game changer, all right? Who? Who am I talking about? R.C. Carter of Carter Country Meats, all right? He's a Wyoming rancher out there in Tin Sleep, Wyoming on 40,000 acres, third generation uh, rancher. And guys, what they're, 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 they're flirting around with just changing the way we consume beef and the way we look at ranching and what we can do for ranchers uh, it's it, the, the conversation is significant and so significant that we, we're breaking this up into a two-part series. Um, if, you, if you take away anything, take away this, you need to rethink um, a lot of the ways that you, you view how things work. And that's what these guys have done. That's what they did. That's what they had the audacity and the bravery to go just try some things that is outside the box of, hey man, this is how this works. And they said, well, what if we tried it like this? What if we, what if we did it our own way? What if, we, what, if, what if we made our own butchery? What if you could get, get it straight from us? Uh, the, what, what if we raised cows like this and you didn't have to go to a feedlot? Um, and I know that that's a very specific kind of uh, strange thing to jump right out of the gate and talk about stuff like that. But Man, everything that RC talked about in this episode is applicable uh, to you, to your everyday life. And it comes, um, there's a theme that I'm noticing when we talk to these guys that are out here blazing these lifestyles that we're all kind of astonished with. Um, there's, there's two themes, man, and it's curiosity and courage. Curiosity and courage. And if you can have those two things... Um, Really, you can, you can do anything you want if you're down for how hard it's going to be. And they got some tremendous stories of, of, of setbacks and stuff going wrong and just, just hard working, hard living cowboy guys, man. I got a soft spot in my heart for, for cow. I don't care who you are. Some, at one point in your life, you, want, you thought you were going to be a cowboy someday, Right? And, and uh, who doesn't want to think about being on a horse and shooting your six-shooter and running around in the, on, in the back country? And these guys do this every single day, man. And uh, it was they, they, but there's also 
a lot of hardship. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of effort that comes with living this kind of life. Um, I know that you're going to enjoy it. Uh, You'll hear the whole backstory here, but uh, RC is a third generation rancher. Um, He, uh, his family moved in 1964 from uh, Bozeman, Montana to ranch in uh, Ten Sleep, Wyoming and 40,000 acres. 40,000. I don't think we can even um, imagine how big that is, but it sits right there in the Bighorn Mountains. And uh, their dad, Richard Carter, is uh, uh, just a a mountain of a man, legendary, just hard-working dude. We get into some of that and talking to those guys like that. And uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, R.C. and his brother, Mark is a Mark is a professional snowboarder, um, and calls uh, comes back home and ranches and helps out uh, when he jumps back off of his world travels being a professional snowboarder. Just dripping with interesting, just just wild stuff. I we we got it's like we're assembling a league of extraordinary gentlemen with this man child project right now guys and uh rc and his family they're the real deal they're authentic and you can hear it um coming through his voice in this conversation i hope you really enjoy it i know i did and this is part one of the uh rc carter of carter country meets uh conversation all right let's go what you know about me Welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast. The it's a movement. It's a podcast. It's written articles. It's it's a brand. Whatever you want to call it, um, but it's 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 all about struggle. What would you do if you weren't afraid to struggle? The struggle is what puts us closer to where we want to be, to who we want to be, and with the people we want to be with. Uh, I'm jacked up about this episode. Because our guest is, he's a cool dude. He's the guy you wish you were when you were in the backyard playing cowboy. Uh, This is R.C. Carter of Carter Country Meets. R.C., thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, man, thank you. I'm excited excited to experience this. Well, this is, you've got so many interesting things going on, and we're going to get into them, but just in a in a very brief synopsis and then we'll unpack each each element of it uh who are you what are you doing where are you what's going on in your part of the world well i'm uh i'm a rancher i'm a fourth generation rancher out here in north central wyoming um 42 years old married to a awesome awesome lady and we've got, we have three, three little boys. So we're basically, we're surrounded by kids and cows and animals and, you know, just doing our thing. Um, 
and trying to figure trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. So you, but you've got, uh, and, and we're going to get into the how and the why. But uh, you, you, you're you're kind of you're reinventing American ranching, right? And you you've got an, uh, a subscription program where people can can order directly from you. You've got your own butcher butchery butchery uh i butchered that um butchery program and you use the entire animal you're you're you do a process called double aged beef it's 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 really really fascinating all the different nuances as to what you're doing your family has a lot going on uh you like you you just previously mentioned your fourth generation ranching but you've also got uh family members that are professional athletes and they come back and help so many cool things um that are going on that people want to hear about i i'll tell you it's almost um it's a little bit intimidating because you're like, well, what, what do I, what am I doing with with my life? This guy's doing that sort of thing. So, but just tell me, um, the state of ranching, the state of food, and I think that that's going to segue into uh, what it is you guys are doing out there on your ranch. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting because you know we've always been, you know, we're, we're family ranchers. So we've just generationally, you know, we're cow calf operation, which means, you know, that we, we have mama cows and they have babies and we raise them up. Um, you know, they have their babies in the spring and we take care of them on the ground, on the range and stuff, um, until the fall. And once they're a certain weight, then we, we, we sell them off. And so that's like, you know, that's been the norm. Um, a number of years ago, uh, I think it was seven years ago, we, we got into the the beef business, selling our beef direct to the customer, and we, you know, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. We, you know, we're just like my brother, my younger brother Mark. He's a he's a professional snowboarder, so he knew some chefs over in Jackson Hole, and they're like, "Cool, you guys are cowboys! Wow, you know, you have cows and ranch, and you know, you must, then you have beef. You know, we'd love to try your beef." And so I processed a couple animals, um, gave them to him. And uh, went and had a meeting, sit down meeting, and they said, "Yeah, we love it." And so they're like, "Well, let's, you know, let's 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 strike up a deal, and um, we want to start using your beef in our restaurants." And you know, there was no contracts. You know, we we're very naive and eager, and just like winging it. So we said, "Heck yeah, handshake deal. Let's uh, let's." So we talked to my dad, and we we butchered uh, eighty cows, and we figured, you know, with the, the agreed upon, like this would get us through a couple, a handful of months, and. Ended up, it was a, you know, a major learning curve for everybody involved. You know, it ended up taking us like close to three years to get through that initial beef. And like, we were in survival mode. We're like, oh shit. You know, it's, and it's worse to own old money to your dad than it is the bank. Because there's like, (laughs) you know, and so, cause he doesn't, you know, the banker, you just go in and have a meeting. He's like, yeah, we got to get it. And dad's like, hey, you got to pay, you know, it's always on your radar. And yeah. uh, well, there, there, so there's, there's so many things that come are coming to my mind when you're talking about, wait a second now, fourth generation, and it's you and your brother's turn. And you guys are going, hey, I think we should try this. And in, every t- whatever, however many years before it's been, no, we raise calves, we sell them, that's what we do here. And you're like, well, I think we can do it directly. And then you take a tremendous risk by processing that many animals, and you're like, yeah, it'll work out. And then 
you go, <laughs> like, and we're, then, yeah. you stupid idiots, you guys ruined our rant. <laughs> like, is your dad kind of coming on you like that? Is he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, so, and if you know my, if anybody that knows my dad knows, like, this guy's got a presence and, like, a power about him that's like, man, like, you don't want to let this guy down. Like, yeah. he is, like, you really want to, you don't want to let Richard down. It's like a, um, like a but, John Dutton figure from. Oh, uh, he's just this. Dude, he's just tough as nails yeah. and just like such a cool. He's got a silver tooth, for God's sake. And like, he rocks it. He's just a bad. He's an all around badass. Yeah. I mean, he's. Uh, my dad's a whole nother subject, but like he's, he's 67 and he's still out like chasing cows on his horse just by himself. Wild cows, like r- rope down on these river bottoms. Just like, dude, just. I swear he has a he has a life and death experience like every day, like he's just he's a wild man. How do but guys, we got where where how do, how do guys like that exist? Is it just from an, the essentialness of it that they have to be that guy, or are they sim- they're no bred and born that way? You know, I think you're. I mean, you're obviously. I think you're born. I think it's a combination. I think you're born into you know, some sort of a struggle, which he was one of 11 kids, you know, and there was, so there was very little, like there was just enough food on the table to go around. I remember when I was a kid, we'd go down and help grandpa and, and, and grandma. And like my grandma had this ability to, when she cooked food, there was, there was just enough food. As soon as you hit the, I'm full, there was nothing left. Like it was, you ate the last piece of bread and she was this uncanny at how she could just put just enough food out there that everybody was good. But there was, you know, so they grew up and there was never enough because they've always been in agriculture also. And at the end of the day, man, people in agriculture, there has never been the people of the land. Like there's never, it's never been lucrative, right? I mean, it's always been a struggle because everybody's been subject to this commodity, uh, this commodity market. You really have one option as far as, you know, where do I sell my calves? Well, you sell it in the commodity market and it's never really been supportive of, uh, of, of, of the people that are from, from the land. So, you know, he was, he's born into that and then, you know, but there is also this thing inside of you that like some people push harder than others whether that's growing up and having different experiences or, or what that is that makes you want to push and try harder and do better. And when everybody else, you know, I, I can't remember who it is. I'm terrible at quoting people, but I just know what they say. Um, and I love it, but you know, it's like, uh, is it Goggins? Goggins says that like most yeah. people quit when they're at 40% yes. and that mm-hmm. that's, that's so true. But you know, we always are looking for this easy, the easy way the easy way out. And it's like, you know, well, why didn't you do that? Well, because it was hard. And it's like, this society has taught us that like the, when it, if something's hard, well then don't do it, you know, you go around it. it. You're, you must be doing something wrong if it's hard. All of Yeah. That. And it's got us in this situation that we're in, in a lot of different realms, no doubt. It's completely. But like, what would the world look like if all of a sudden, if something was hard, everybody just was like, oh, okay, it's hard. That's the thing I need to do. Yeah. If like you were trained, like when you see something that's hard or challenging, that's the direction you need to go. That's the, the, the sign that says go that way. Right. It's complicated uh, towards it. Yes. But society now is like, well, it's the opposite of that. If it's hard, don't do it. Like, don't do it. 
And so it's a, it's a very strange thing, but that's like, how do you think we got there? It, I don't know, man. I mean, like that's it, a good, it, it, it's an easy one to just all oh, technology. It made things more convenient. Like, I mean, I just think that when you make something, you know, when you had a, a, a post hole digger, and you got to go lay out fence for however, you know, thousands of yards. And then someone showed up with an auger. They're like, let's use that. And then yeah. they go, hey, I got a microwave. Hey, you can drive through and pick this up. Hey, they can even bring it to you. Hey, Uber will drive your food to – don't even get up. You know, it's just yeah. – I, I think it just we're, – we're animals of path, you know, path of least resistance for survival where it's – burn fewer calories and that part of our brain and we're just you know people are ha yeah. hacking that daily and we're unaware of it but there's a cost there's a cost to convenience it might be cheaper it might be faster it might be two-day prime shipping but there is a cost to making things that convenient and that's why i'm seeking people out like you because you, you you're realizing there is a real significant importance to doing things that might seem a little harder at first because of it's uh you know it's like an interesting concept to think about like evolution evolution you know and it's like how we evolved and we were these you know people that uh you know we were in a cave once and there used to be this i love like the plasticine air where there was like the short face bear and the saber-toothed tiger and like that's really what I I like to look back at like the old old way of doing things and like the Native Americans I have just such a tremendous amount of respect for for that type of living and like how freaking tough those people had to be but they didn't have a choice like they had to be tough yes. you know and yes. and 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 they could but it was all about like you know they they always had you know they they had their bases covered, right? You know, they had food and the most essential things they had food and shelter. And that mainly that was all their world evolved around is if you had food and shelter, man, you're living good. Like that was it. There was no other materialistic thing. Maybe you had a sharper rock or, you know, an extra piece of flint or whatever, but you know, so they would, they would go and you had a sweet cave and like some nice firewood maybe. And uh, you know, some meat, and so then you, if you had your bases covered, you could go out and push out into the unknown and go adventure. And then like, if, if, if something got on your ass, you could run back to the cave and like get your spears and you're like, okay, we're, we're, we're good. But now it doesn't seem like it's like people don't like their cave. There's so much other noise and stuff out there that they don't even really realize what's very, really like, what's the most quintessential, most important thing to have your you know that's your like the number one base is have that covered yeah. so that you can you can go out and push yeah and then come back and so now it's like don't worry about it we're gonna go we've got grocery stores all your food's covered you know and there's all these other things so we've gotten really complacent in that and like and then it's encouraged like don't push we'll take care of your food for you right. whereas i think there's this thing in our dna in that like cave. you <laughs> You need, yeah, stay in, exactly, stay in the, don't come yeah. out of your cave. Yeah. There's too many, There's it's too scary out here. Yeah. So it's a very, it's a very strange thing, especially with this COVID and everything going on. It's like, I mean, I, I still like, you know, it's still trying to wrap my brain around it, but I like, that's just weird, man. Like, 
you just can't be living in fear, right? No, no, you, you got to be careful. It's it things things are so good. We've made things so good for ourselves that we've never been more miserable. And there, we have to look at why that is, right? It's did did these Native Americans compare caves? Well, look at that one. It's got you know, a hundred more square feet and it's got a, you know, a, a family room and a breakfast nook and look at that backyard and all, you know, is it, do we, does our, does our brain, is it wired to just, okay, I got all that now, how much better can I make this? Is that just how we're made or is that something we become addicted to, to where we now food, water, shelter is not something that we have to think about. So esoterically we, well, why am I not happy? Well, I don't feel purpose. I don't have a, you know, I just can't hardly get out of bed anymore. And it's like, dude, things aren't hard enough. Like you need, like the reason I, I've always just thought ranching and, and I, and I have no, no idea how hard it would be. Right. I'm, I have no idea. Like I would like you like to think arrogantly that you'd come out there and I'd be, you know, able to hang with you guys or that sort of thing. But it's just it's nonsense. But what I'm envious of is the purpose every single morning. There is a your day. It's almost too much purpose. Right. That you have to wake yeah. up. And, and it's it's almost overwhelming how much purpose you have. But what a gift. Right. And but when you have someone yeah. that is they're working for somebody else. And it pays the bills, but they absolutely hate it. They don't believe in the work. They don't find any honesty in it. They have to be a certain person that's not them at all in this horrible uh, synthetic environment desk. And then they come home and they distract themselves by, by immersing themselves in someone else's story on Netflix. And it's like, what a miserable existence. Like, I have no purpose. And that is why... We need Xanax. That's why we need sleep yeah. pills. That's why mattress companies are making record sales because we can't sleep because we didn't burn enough energy to go to sleep. Like, yeah, it's just. Uh, but I, I think that you guys are you're pulling on a thread that can get us back to living in the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, there's a a, a great quote. It's like, are are you living or are you just killing time? Right. You know, and so much of that is just like a fear base. Like people are like, you know, why didn't you do that? You know, you have all these things. You know, it's really amazing. Like one of the one of the largest uh, one of the largest things, or one of the most amazing things, is like seeing uh, just having kids, right? No doubt. And and seeing them because, like, you know, like. I'm like a big tough guy, you know, on a, you know, you're, ah, and you're just like, man, I'm going to have a boy and he's going to be like, he's going to be so tough and yeah, like, yeah. just like bet. And they come out and they're like these little puddings of gush and they're like all like love and like, just want to cut. And you're like, yeah. you know, and you start trying to teach them stuff and you just figure they would get it and they'd be all brave and stuff. And, and they're like, Oh man, like you don't realize like these are things you got to work on is like bravery, courage, confidence like yeah, they don't but come it's standard they don't come in the standard package no they, <laughs> it, it, it and, and each kid to different degree but it's like all that stuff comes through experience mm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and, and and communication and like and teaching them but like you know i have a firm believer and you really can't 
tell anybody anything, you know, you know, everybody has to experience something on their own, but you can plant seeds, you know, and you give somebody a little something that, but it's then, but it's your responsibility. You can plant the seed in somebody, you know, about an experience or trying to trying something new. But at the end of the day, like you can't keep going back and watering that seed because it's amount of energy. And at some point, like there is that choice within everybody, um, to, to take that step and say, I'm going to water my own seed. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to take that, take that responsibility on and what that catalyst is before people finally like it clicks and you're like, I'm going to push myself. Cause that's what it comes down to is with your kids. We're always like, come on, come on, push, yes. push. Yes. And then at some point you're like, what, what is it that triggers them to say, I'm going to push myself. Yeah. And what do you think that, but is? I think, Man, I like, I, I mean, all I can, you know, really all you can ever speak for is like your own experiences. But I think it's like, you want to, um, like through myself is like, I want, I like, I like to do good and I like to succeed. And I love seeing a plan come together, like whether it be, you know, getting around a bunch of cows and taking them, you know, moving this direction or figuring out a better way to do soil or figuring out a better way to communicate with, with my, my family or or whatever it is, it's just, you know, maybe, I don't know if that's like success or just like following your dreams or, or whatever, but I mean, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. You, you gotta, it, it, you can't, and, and you wish you could, cause you mean so well for your children. I, I mean, it's like, man, this really lights me up and I can't wait to share this with my kid. And then I realized like, He's not really digging this, like, and and then you get upset at first. Like, why don't you like? You know, like, this is what we do. Yeah. Like, I've been waiting my whole life for you to be old enough for you to be able to do this with me, and you don't even. And so you gotta let them come to. You're exactly right. You gotta provide experiences that develop those things that you have to have as a man. But he's got to find his own thing that lights him up. He does. Yeah. You know. So that, and I've always thought about this. Like, was there? Did your dad give you a choice? Like, what if what if you didn't want to be a rancher? What if you didn't want to continue this on? Oh boy, there's been many many a day where I'm like, this is this is shit. You know, it's just like this is too. It's like this is this is too much. It's just it's just too much to take on because I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a really driven person and goal oriented person anyway. And then, but then you take on a responsibility like a ranch and it's like, it's never, you're never done like ever. And you, there, there's so much work to be done. I mean, you're taking care of land and, 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 and you have the element you're, you're trying to control a bunch of animals that ha all have minds of their own in an environment that like nature dictates. You have no, like, so you basically, you're trying to you're trying to implement your control over something that you really have no control out of anyway. Mm -hmm. So what you learn to do is you just like, you learn to flow, um, like the path, like Bruce Lee, man, the be like, walk. so you just like flow through it and, and try to find the, and, and it's been a complete learning curve for me, but I mean, you get out there and you learn something every, you learn something every day as far as, you know, how to, how to navigate and uh and and figure this figure the whole thing out i think it's there, pretty wild there you you're you're makes me think of something there where as i get older like at first i always thought it was like me versus something 
right? Like it's, and that's the way I interpreted the world. It's like, and, and, and we, and we get excited about that, or it's, maybe it makes the world make sense to us. It's just man conquers nature or man, mm-hmm. whatever. But the older I get, I realize that I'm just kind of like hitching a ride to it. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. like, like I love to fish and do those sorts of things. I don't ever catch more fish than when I just kind of like, all right, well, what's this thing want to do versus like, you know, eat this, put it right in his face and make sure he does this and, and, and to where I feel like I, I've created this false sense of reality that I think I'm in control. And it's not that at all. Right. Like you said, I, when I learned to just kind of roll with it, where I'm just kind of hitching a ride and getting to witness it, it's almost uh, I take a lot of pressure off myself and I find a lot more success in whatever endeavor I'm doing. Cause I'm just, I'm kind of rolling with it instead of versus yeah. trying to just push right back on it. Cause I'm not, it, it'll run me over whatever it is. Yeah. You know, uh, well, go ahead. Well, you said, you said it, uh, you know, you nailed it right there. It's like you versus something. And, but there is a you versus something. It's like you versus yourself. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you got to get up and have that conversation with yourself every day. And it's like, it's you versus it's like the, the motivated, I'm going to kick some butt today, you versus the, like the little kid in you. That's like, well, I, I just assume like lay around in my underwear and like, yeah. you know, yeah. like watch some TV, you, yeah. you know? And so there's, there, there is, there is that. Um, but you know, in, in that respect, like there's so many cool tools out there because I feel like there is this correlation. Cause we always like, we learn to work. Like that's the one thing our dad taught us, uh, my brother and I, and, and like really like everybody my wife like her parents taught her they taught her and we're workers you know it's like this, but it's this it's this physical work you know everybody wants to talk about like the physical work and like ah oh, it's a hard worker and you know but like really that is just learning how to do something physically hard to be able to do something like extremely challenging whether you're a navy seal and you're or, or you're a rancher or a miner or whatever, any of that hard type of work, physical work, you have to get it in your head first. Like you have to conquer that. You have to, you have to prove to, you have to know that you can mentally do it before you can even physically do it. And I think like that's like, that's what's up. And that's why, you know, most ranchers I know are very creative, very strong. Like these are the strongest people in the world because they've had their, butts kicked to them and there's been very little hope on the horizon their entire like for generations but they still keep on chugging along and i think that's like the really cool thing is it's you know we use this physical work to train our brains you know to be to be mentally solid and you know but it's like you don't have to just be a rancher do hard physical things i think it's really good for the body but there's also things like um I, I love I love like Wim Hof. I, I'm sure you've heard of oh, Wim yeah, the, and like the method, yeah, the breathing, Ice yeah. Man, mm-hmm. the bre- the breath work in that cold water. Yeah. But like I'm I force myself to get it. Like I've got a chest freezer, and I just I just went to Home Depot. I crawled in one, fit, found one that I fit my carcass into, filled it up with cold water because there's cryotherapy, you know. But th- those things are expensive. Like we don't have that kind I'm of money. In a freezer. So we just like, it's a chest freezer, you know, fill it up with water and put some, uh, put some hydrogen peroxide, like that swimming pool. It's like 27% keeps the, you know, keeps it from 
put on a timer and uh, you just go sit in that. But like, there's this, you can get it through physical work or you can get it through doing that. But the whole point is like, you got to train your brain. Like you have to control your brain because it's not cool if it's controlling you, you know, like, people are depressed and anxiety. Like everybody's been there. Everybody's had something like that and felt those feelings, but it's through doing that kind of stuff that you like, you learn to control yourself. And then, at that point, like once you learn to control your mind, like everything changes, your perspective changes, like what you, what's just, it just gets better. It gets easier, you know? And I think that's like, that's really a cool thing that I've just kind of stumbled upon lately is, you know, just like doing a saunas and cold dips and and breath work, you know, and just in the past year, Yeah. but like that stuff's like, that's medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. So, when you say it gets easier to not not be in control of your like your your brain isn't isn't in control of you you're in control of it or for lack right. of a better term is it now easier to push um the frontier as to what people think is commonplace in your like you know i would think that it's 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 it had to be almost unnerving at first to kind of put yourself out there as to this different style of ranching, this different way to harvest your food, which has been, this is how it's been done. And Hey guys, we're kind of getting screwed over with the way we're doing it. That that's a risk to put yourself out there. Because yeah. Now the, all those guys are like that didn't think of that or didn't have the, you know what to, uh, to, to, to put themselves in, at such a risk, you've got to have some naysayers, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like everything is, you know, there's always, people are always going to hate. And uh, initially, you know, we just went out and, you know, we've really never, never done well with listening to what other people tell us what to do. You know, we just like going, kind of go with our gut, go with what we feel. And that, yeah, there's people that talk their thing, but you know, that's, you know, they don't really, pay much attention to them you know it's kind of like you know it's it's none of your business what anybody else thinks of you Mm -hmm. and so we just stayed our course and have really you know developed a program with our animals you know to kind of like a market discovery as far as like working with these these older animals so like our, our cows is what we're doing is we're using these old old cows where the commodity beef the normal age of of an animal is like you know, two years to 18 months old before they, they harvest them. So you, you know, you take, so a guy like me, I raise my calves when there's about 600 pounds in the fall, I'll sell them off to another guy who's like a cattle broker. Um, and then he'll sell them, you know, trade them all the way on. So the bottom line is there, these animals change, change ownership a number of times and they'll inevitably the vast majority of them end up in a feedlot somewhere where they start feeding them a tremendous amount of corn and then you know because they're they're in a hurry you know they as long as an animal is alive and eating the meter's running on it because it costs it costs a lot of money to feed them you know like you know it's costing around three dollars a day to feed to feed a a cow but i mean if you own ten thousand of them three dollars a day it really adds up and so they're in a hurry push 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 and to push these animals to get as fat fat quickly and then then they stop the meter from running and so we kind of took a different approach you know um and and i was working we work real closely he's a nate singer 
He's a, a, one of the most amazing humans and, and butchers uh, I've ever I've ever run across. Oh, he's I a young just, guy. I was just reading about him. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius. You know, when it comes to meat and and the science and charcuterie and these old world techniques of preserving meat. You know, before res- refrigeration, it's this old this lost art almost. Um, but you know, I, we're trailing cows. We we gather cattle down in bear oil. It's like a five five day push down there it's like 320 square miles with one fence around it and we'd go down there and you know gather up a couple thousand head of cows just a handful of us and uh, as we're trailing along you know i keep seeing a couple of these cows that are just like they're super fat you know so it's so we just did an experiment i, t- I talked to nate about it i'm like nate i see these you know this this type of cow these old mamas and he's like well let's kill some so we we harvested a couple of them and uh, it turns out, like, the meat in these things is just, it's insane. Um, you know, they're 100% grass-fed, and they still have, you know, tremendous marbling. And I think that's, like, the big thing in the the real bad, grass-fed beef gets a pretty bad rap, you why? know, I feel in, in a lot of cases, especially in the wholesale industry. Okay, because why, why is that? It, it's, I feel that it's because of the lack of marbling, you know. We've been sold on a model that, like, our steaks are just, like, need to be extremely fat because it, the majority of everything produced um, since the forties has been like a, a corn finished product. You know, they're, they're feeding these animals 20 to 25 pounds of corn a day to get them fat. So they're like really packing that meat in. Whereas if you're an, a- if it's an animal that's eating grass, like grass doesn't have that big of a punch. You know, you look at grass and like, you've got this much grass, you know, 10 inches of grass. And on the top there's, you know, just like, a very little amount of seed on it and the seed is where like that's that's the oat that's the fat yep and so it takes a tremendous it takes i'd say probably three times longer um without doing being a scientist i'd say it takes three times longer to pack the fat onto an animal than it does um with with a grain grain finished grain finished product but that's where with these these old cows is what we found is you, you know, the grain finish or the grass finish model is also trying to operate in this hurried up model of, you know, younger animals. And so basically it's like, it's like teenagers, you know, we're trying to eat these young animals that are, they're still physically, they're still growing, you know, structurally, they're still getting taller and wider and they're maturing. And so it takes a lot more energy, right? Cause they're growing into, you know, structurally. And then if you, but if you take one of these old, older animals, kind of like us, you know, I, like I'm 42 now and I, I kind of got to watch what I eat, you know, right, cause yeah. I, my metabolism slowing down. So it's a lot easier for me to put on pounds than it was when I was, you know, 16 years old. Um, and, and so we started processing the old cows and it was like, man, this is the best, this is the, the most amazing beef in the world. If you're looking for a high quality, like no no poison added um product and uh you know it's the flavor it's just you can't you can't eat our our this these these this grass-fed double-aged beef and compare it to anything else because it's just like it's like apples and oranges right you know and and the flavor the flavor within an animal it is in the fat protein's pretty much protein but the fat is where the flavor resides. Right. There's no arguing and, with that. That it it does yep. it tastes better than it yep. does a really lean animal, which is why 
you know, with wild game, it gets a bad name because if you don't know how to cook it really specifically, it's not going to taste as good as something that just ate a bunch of corn and went yeah. to the, and went to the grocery store. Got it. Yeah. And it's there. There's this, you know, there's this real lack of education in the world as far as you know what food, how we treat food. Um, it, you know, especially from the from the respect that you know. You can't, you know, pay most people are, you know, like, well, I only eat ribeyes, you know, or I only eat tenderloin. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's like, that's, it's, that's such a shitty model because like you, we have one cow and then, you know, depending on how you butcher her, there's 30 different inventory parts that come off of her mm-hmm. and it's all good yet you just, but you have to know how to do it. Yeah. You know, the eye around is amazing. You just can't cook it like, a, you know, like a tenderloin. It's tougher, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so, um, and so, so we're really working with, with our people to try to educate, educate the masses, like how we can do this. Cause you can bring the, you know, it's like you have the cow, one cow costs what a cow costs, but then you see in the supermarket, you have see tenderloin is sold for, you know, an extreme amount of money and that hamburgers sold for this mile, but it's all comes from the same cow. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I guess it's just, it's, it's the approach, but, um, you know, we're really at the end of the day, we're just, we're trying to add value to our product so that we can continue to do what we do and, and, and try to be, you know, nobody out here is looking for a Learjet, but you know, yeah. there's so many farmers and ranchers in the world that are just struggling because there isn't there is no money in it like it's just it's tragic you know people don't understand that in in the heartland of america like we have the ability to feed the world in the united states but these family farms and ranchers continue to be to go away and 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 be dispersed because there's just there's no money the young people can continue to move to the city you know it's like i can't even tell you what it's like to get um you know employees quality quality type of people that are intelligent to to do an honest day's work for an honest day's pay like it's just uh it's such a depressed it's such a depressed economy in place because um you know it doesn't really matter how smart you are or how hard you work to grow your product, whether it be grain or pigs or, or, or beef, you know, it's just, it's not worth because the commodity market is dictating how much your food is worth. And like that, that's a whole nother bag of worms, you know? Right. I, I think this, this helps make sense for people that are living in neighborhoods and they are, and they have to go to the grocery store. Like it's, it's, you can't just say, look, you, you, you got to kill everything you eat. And it's like, dude, I live in New York city. Like, what are you talking about? It's not going to happen. Right. But what we can do is I think sometimes you get these, these, you place the wrong villain in the wrong role. Right. We're like, Oh, you know, these guys, they just, they just fatten up these cows as fast as they possibly can. And, they're just trying to make as much money as they can. And, and, and obviously we're getting it from from the source here is those guys 
the the model of as fast as you can was to to beat the meter, right? It's it's because right. you can't afford to keep these cows for as long as you can because the commodity market says we're only going to give you this much, and so they go, okay, I got to get it to market at this time. And it, it did did we pressurize each other into the model that is so unhealthy for everything involved the human, the the animal, the market the the economy the rancher the family of the rancher all of those people simply because everybody's trying to get as much from each other as they can is that how we got here to this point how did that happen man <laughs> that's such a good i have no i don't know i mean you definitely you know you have theories but you know i i don't know money's such a weird thing you know you like think of like capitalism it, it is good like i i think everybody Everybody, you know, you, you have to have it to, to survive, to, you know, unless you're just like a living off the land. But that's like, that's so hard. Like, who wants to do that just all the time? But it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know. The whole thing's about it, doing the hard thing, but come on. That's, yeah, that's way I want to go out. I like to go do hard things, but then I like to come back and like sit in my yeah. sauna and be yeah. like, ah, yeah, okay, life hard. is good. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. Hey, good job. But, um. I, I don't know how it got there other than the only thing that I could think of is that like people like to chase dollar bills, you know, yeah. and people are smart and they're like, Oh, you, you know, everybody's kind of been sold on the idea. Like, Oh, you need, you want to be happy, you know, cause we quit struggling. We quit running from grizzly bears and like nothing, you know, there, there's no long, like in nature, if you make a bad move, like if you're a slow animal or, or something, something's going <laughs> Something's going to eat you, but that is not the case. That is not the case in in in, in this world today. Like you yeah. can make bad moves all day long, and if you, it, I mean, honestly, if you make the worst moves, like not to say this is like everybody. Some people like there's circumstance and stuff for sure, but you could make and, and people take care of you. You know, I had a kid help me from Peru, and I asked him. His name's Pepe. He's a great guy, and I said, Pepe. Why, why is that? Why are all the, why are all all the Peruvians and, you know, people from South America? Like, why, why is everybody coming to America? You know, what's your take on it? And he said, well, in Peru, if you don't work, you'll starve to death. And he's like, in America, if you don't work, they'll take care of you. So, you know, that kind of, it kind of goes back to like, we were talking earlier about like, man, like people, in it, like we always try to make our lives easier, but is yeah. that necessarily the best thing? And uh, I don't know. I mean, people just start chasing dollar bills, and uh, you know, we, we're really seeing all. You know that that's really uh, for me in the food system. It, it's coming to light right now, and like the vulnerabilities of it is, you know, centralization. You know, obviously there's the industrial revolution, the conveyor belt and like the assembly line, you know, so they've just basically reversed that when it comes to processing animals. And so you have these giant, giant packing plants um, where they're just sending thousands and thousands of animals a day. You know, some of these larger plants will kill 6,000 animals a day and it's super efficient, but you know, it's really not supportive of, of the, the farmer and rancher because they're like, they're getting like, that right now, I mean, especially they're not getting paid. They're, every farmer and rancher that's got fat cattle is losing money, um, you know, uh, while the packers are just making a killing on it. 
I mean, they're yeah. making there's there's never been such a margin between what what the Packers are paying for live cattle compared to what the price of box beef is right now. So with the price they're paying for their product, the live animal, then they process it. And then what they're selling it to you, the customer, like there's never been such a wide spread. These guys are just then there is right now. Then there is right now. And I mean, they've, they've, they've proven themselves to be, um, you know, pretty greedy through, through, throughout history. Um, but it's it's a it's a very weird weird space right now as far as what's going on with the in the f- the food industry as far as like what's you know the amount of food that's being waste. I saw this thing, uh, you know these the Smithfield plant in South Dakota shut down and pigs are a di- whole different you know that the cows the processing plants have shut down. You can back cattle up. You can kind of hold them off feed. And you've got a lot more flexibility with when you process them. Um. Pigs, on the other hand, they're like, man, they're just, they're, these things are, these commercial pig houses, they're like robots. They're just, you know, and, and, you know, they, they know it down to the day this pig's going to be born. And then, you know, X amount of days from now, it will be processed. And then that mama will AI her again. And then back, it's just a rhythm that you, that doesn't get messed up. And like, without that plant there, um, these centralized plants because of the, the COVID, you know, and that, that fear of, people being getting sick and spreading out spreading food that's you know been potentially contaminated by this stuff you know it's it's so backed up that they're you know they're killing pigs just shooting them in that you know they're shooting them and then thousands and thousands of animals and they're being they're being thrown into you know there's being landfilled they're just getting them away and like you know they're we're dumping we everybody's heard about the milk issues you know we're pouring milk down the drains by millions of gallon um, you know, there was, there's talk of, uh, you know, how we're, how are we going to euthanize these, all these animals, but it makes me wonder, and, and they were plowing all these crops, like plowing them into the ground. And it, it really, it makes me wonder, you know, all this food is earmarked for somebody, somebody is going to eat that food. And so if we're throwing away millions and millions of pounds of food, because we can't get it processed in time. So the, the pig guys are killing them because they can't they can't afford to incur more cost um, right. with them. Um, if the crop guys are are throwing or plowing their fields under because um, you know because there's no production and so it's going to start to rot. Um, like where's this? Where's the hole going to be? You know, like if there if this food isn't going into the food supply, somebody's not going to be somebody's going to come up short. Hmm. Who's going to come up short? And that's like a real, that's a valid concern right now is like where we haven't seen it hit yet, but like something's, somebody's going to come up short because there's only X amount. And this is like a very tight program they're running on. Like there isn't, it's not like there's just giant warehouses full of frozen product somewhere. I mean, that doesn't in, in the beef and the pork industry, like it's a fresh program. Like it, they, they're moving it like it's out to the consumer like it's turnover very quick so they're not sitting on this stuff so i don't know it's uh you know i'm just a rancher but there seems to be a theme here though because and and so much of really what being a good human 
should look like gets dismissed or gets labeled as something that we all try. Well, you know, that's socialism or that's, uh, you know, that's you, you, you know, you hippie or whatever. And really this whole not my problem mentality, not my problem. I'm going to make as much money as I can here eventually. And we're maybe we're entering into that frontier. Finally, it's everybody's problem. If you say it's not my problem long it's enough, it's becoming everyone's problem all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it's like people are like, ah, it's just business, you know? And, and, and for me personally, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not a businessman. Like I'm a rancher, yeah. but like I'm getting as, as we evolve and we grow, like I'm getting into situations where, you know, people are approaching us and like people want to be, a, you know, they, they want us to do things and like they're interested in what we have to say. And so, you know, but the, one of the first things I ask people is I'm like, well, are you honest? And like, yeah, like you like, what? Like, yeah, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Hey, am I honest? Like, um, this is, it's business. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Yeah, what is you know, mean? it's like, why does, why do we have to, and I think like, I've, you know, I've been around these older guys and they're like, ah, you know, they just dismiss it. Like it's business. It's different. And I'm like, I disagree with that. I don't, I, I won't, if I don't trust somebody, like I won't work with them. Yeah. I don't care. Like I don't have to do it. So, but if I like, I'm not going to, you know, it's like putting a snake in your purse. Like sooner or later, the son of a bitch yeah. is going to bite you. So why do it? Yeah. And I just think that people need to like kind of slow down and, you know, just, and I, I, I really do think that this, like, if there is a silver lining in everything that's going on in the world today, that, that people are going to be forced to kind of slow down and take a look at their own, you know, sit with themselves and be like, yeah. you know, what's, what's really important here? You know, is it, is it chasing all that money or is it like having more time to, you know, do what, do what you're passionate about and enjoy, enjoy life and like work on things that are important. Cause it's just, everybody's just moving so fast. And, you know, it's, it's weird that how this like chasing this dollar bill, um, in the business world, it's just, it, it, it almost like encourages people to be sociopaths, like yeah. step on somebody else's head to get where you want to be. And it's okay. You know, and there's, there's zero accountability, you know, these big guys that do these, have these, like these large companies that have really crappy, you know, practices, and there's no accountability. It's all, everybody hides behind the board. I'm like, man, I just like, I think it's kind of lame. Like at some point you gotta, like, you gotta, you gotta man up and just like take it on the chin or right. don't do crappy things to begin with. You one, know, one or the other. Yeah. One or the other. Well, so yeah. So take me through your, uh, you know, the, the story of how you guys have, have, have built what you've, what, where you're at right now. So you, you, you're at what age is it kind of like, uh, your voice has real meaning at the table, at the family table, at the, at the Carter home. Right. And, dad, <laughs> and, and, and dad's like, all right, try it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so how does that, cause that's the, that's the, that's like the, the tribal coming of age right there. So you, you and your brother come to him with this idea that, Hey, I think we can get into processing these things. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I kind of, it starts before that, you know, I mean, I like, I love my dad. He's, he's, he's awesome, but he's like a really hard person to like, to work with. He's just, you know, he's like, he's, he's, he's struggled a lot with like his, 
it's a very if, i don't know if anybody's ever worked with a parent you know or or family oh yeah you know it's yeah, it's a it. really challenging thing um because there's a line there right it's like well who's there's business and there's also personal and it's right, like if yeah. you work for family it's really easy to to get personal you know because you're too comfortable with each other so anyway i graduated from college and i i, I got home um came home and i uh, was just doing my thing and you know i finally realized i'm like you know and and i was the i was a knothead man i was like i was like i was a hard one too and i was finally just like dad i can't like i can't work with you so i quit and, uh, you know, he approached me and made me a deal. And so I came back and was like, the only way this is going to work is like, I'm like, you got to let me do my thing, you know? And he, he's cool. Like my old man is cool. And he's, he's like, all right, well, you're either going to swink or sink or swim. Mm -hmm. So I asked for all the responsibility of running, you know, a 50,000 acre cattle ranch and he gave it to me. And like, wow. I went out and I made mistakes and I failed and I, I learned from it, but man, I'll tell you well, the one thing I did do is I put in the hours, you know, it's like, it's, it's dark to dark, you know? And, then, and you just, you have to put in your time. And if you want to understand something like there is no substitute for just go in and get dirty, figure it out, you know, talk to people, but it, you know, you, you have to do it yourself. And, uh, so I, I spent, you know, 10 years, you know, any d extra money that we made from the ranch, you know, I just sunk it back into in infrastructure because I was from the approach, you know, I watched these, it's very hard work, physically demanding. And so I watch all these, these heroes of, of mine, you know, just grow up and, you know, get old and have arthritis and, you know, just it's just hard on bodies, you know, it just breaks you, breaks you down physical work, you know, digging a postal sucks, you know, digging one postal is a lot of work. Like if you've never done it, like your skin's going to fall off your hand. Yeah. It's called a blister. And then if you, but then after a while you get to where you can like, you can dig a hundred in a day, you know, it's just repetition and you fine tune that. So I, I always wanted to, I wanted the ranch to work for me rather than me work for, for it. And so I came from this place of like, you know, we kept having the same issues over and over. And like, I don't know what made me think, but you look at something long enough and you're like, well, you know, why keep hitting your head on this, beating your head on this tree? And like, it's going to stay the same. So it's like, it was all in the approach. And so we started, I started to like experiment with changing my approach whether it be with my fields and, uh, and weeds and, or cattle and like how they're like giving me issues, whatever it may be is it was all in the approach. So we started trying out new things and, um, you know, and then that kind of got the ranch pretty well tuned in, you know, uh, as far as like the, the big improvements, put a lot of pivots. Um, you know, we, we have a bunch of irrigated ground that we just graze, you know, strict, there's no monocrops, all pasture and legume mixes. And, uh, I haven't, I haven't plowed any fields up for, oh, I don't know, since I was out of, out of college in 2000, oh, it was 2006 or seven. Well, it's been at least uh, 12 years since we plowed any fields up. And what we found is, um, you know, we don't, we've lost some, some yield, like compared to growing uh, Roundup Ready alfalfa or, or different crops, we, we have lost some of our yield. But the amount of our, the inputs that we're putting in, the cost that we're putting in, like we don't have to start up tractors and go plow fields. Um, and, and then, you know, so that like kind of evolved into, you know, well, I guess before that, like I, we got to the point, I got all these pivots up 
and uh, we're super efficient. So it came to the point where it's like, well, the next logical step for for our ranch is, you know, once you get to that point, is like, well, you time to start raising some corn. And, uh, and then, I, but I'm like, I, I, I like, I'm a, I'm a decent mechanic, but I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy getting hydraulic fluid on me. I don't enjoy grease. Like I would rather be di- dipped in cow shit than, than get, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't like the chemicals. I never have. And so when it came to that, I was like, you know what, we're not going to do the corn. And so I started reading books, you know, um, and educating myself like Alan Savory and uh, Joel Solitin. And there's some like, there's just some really amazing people that are pioneering, like, well, they're not even pioneering it. They're just bringing back old ways, you know, yeah. and talking about that. And so we started doing that and, and getting into the grasses and, the, and then, you know, but it's like such a trip. Like there's so much to it. Like any, everything we've talked about, like we could just like, so, but, okay. So you're, you're immersing yourselves yourself in, in just these elemental down to the very, very fine detail of how to make this thing better. Uh, once you were given the nod from, from the patriarch to, okay, go get it. But it's all on you either way. It's all on you. Mm-hmm. There's a theme here that I see as a, as an individual that you, that has gotten you where you are. It's, it's this curiosity combined with this courage and this willingness to expose yourself to even more hardship. Yeah. And there's some, there's, there, there's beauty in that. That's how you find a, like just, a really deep, meaningful life, but you have to have those three things. Have you sat around and thought about that? Is that something that just came in, in cased with you or is that something that you developed over time? I mean, it's definitely something that's, you know, there's always been elements of that, that I can, I witness in my, that I've noticed in myself. Um, but really it's just been, you know, re- recently that, uh, you know, I've just really stuck idea of like self mastery, you know, and really like stepping back and observing yourself for like how you really act and how you really treat people. Um, because like most people, most people don't really like see themselves the same way that everybody else sees them. Right. You know, it's, and, and so that's been kind of, that's been pretty wild. Like, to just like sit back and I think being, being a dad and like, um, and a husband and just like all these crazy experiences that I've had in, in my, you know, there's like, we, there's a lot of layers to this onion. That's for sure. But like, we've had some pretty, pretty wild experiences, you know? Um, like I had at one point, like we got caught up in this, like this, uh, I was an outfitter for 10 years and so that was a pretty, that was a good year. You know, those are some good years. Um, we like take a, like people. Like a hunting outfitter? Yeah, I was a hunting outfitter. Oh, sweet. So we, yeah. we've got like, we've got, I don't know if you're a hunter, but we've got some of them. I, I, uh, I am in the middle of, that's my struggle right now is learning how, I'm late to the party, right? I didn't yeah. get into it till recently. I'm obsessed with it. I suck at it and I'm learning. That's where I'm at yeah. on it. So that's, yeah, that's a great intrigue that you used to do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's awesome, man. Like that's, that's nature at its best is just getting out there and, uh, you know, experience it. But so we, we, I was an outfitter for, for 10 years we've got like, we've got some of the best elk hunting in the world out here. Um, just like tremendous, tremendous 
antler sizes and you know all that stuff but beyond that it's like the country's beautiful and it's just it's so much fun to go out there and get it but so being a a, a poor ranch kid you know make eking along at fifteen hundred dollars a month you know I, we i had some guys approach us and they said hey we would like to come hunting on your ranch I'm like sweet and so in the state of wyoming there is this thing called a landowner tag. So if you own, uh, I think it's like 168 acres or something like that, um, you're guaranteed to draw the license. If you own the land, you're guaranteed you're going to draw the license. And so we 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 do. We, you know we've got you know 45, 50,000 acres out here. And so we we uh, you know these guys approached us and they said, hey, could we we would like to buy your landowner license. So we're like, yeah, I, I asked my dad and he's like, yeah, you'd be crazy. So they also offer me this like ridiculous amount of money for these. The thing is, is it's not completely legal in the state of Wyoming. And so we were like, we grew up, you know, we're pretty small. Yeah, there's only 260 people in this, uh, in our area. So well, it's like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's 260 people in our town and so these guys, you know, these guys offered the me like graduating class in ten sleep high or whatever. Five, five. You guys play seven man football. Or you don't have football. We we played back in the day. We played we played six. Yeah, six man football. Yeah, it's awesome. It was it was the best. You know, but you got to play both ways. Like, well, yeah, there's only. <laughs> and we never won. We we never won. We weren't we weren't focused. We weren't good. But we 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 gave we went out there and we gave it 110. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I mean, it's I, really I, it, I, diver, <laughs> I, I derailed you. So, you're, so you're illegally you're so selling but we're, tags. Okay. Yes, but we're so. But I like I did my research and I'm like, well, kind of did my research. I was pretty naive. But like, this is the thing: is that like you can buy a landowner license in all these other states, like in Colorado. Montana, like Idaho, Utah, you can buy these. You can go if you want to go hunting. You just say, "Hey, landowner," they'll sell you their tag, no problem. Well, in the state of Wyoming, you can, you cannot. Um, so we did this for ten years, you know. And my my local game warden, you know, he was cool. Um, you know, it was just kind of hindsight, but he says he didn't know about it. But I don't know. That's debatable, in my opinion. But anyway, ten years later. So 10 years later, like we got a, a website and we're like, I mean, we're killing, we, we were, we were harvesting maybe six bulls max a year. And like, we'd have these guys come out and they're big and we'd talk them into, we're like, listen, if you're a trophy hunter, like you have to be willing to eat the ticket. Like we are coming here to shoot mature old bulls and that's it. And like we would, half of the guys that would come out, like they would go home with no elk just because we wouldn't let them shoot a little one. We're like, we were really trying to manage and really just harvest these big mature bulls. So 10 years later, I'm out in my field um, just across from my house here and uh, my wife's home. We've got two little boys. Uh, she's, she, you know, she, we've, she's had a cesarean. Um, our first kid was backwards. So she's cesareans after that. So Annie, uh, she's, you know, two weeks into a cesarean and I'm like over trying to hook some farm equipment up and I'm looking across the field towards this ca our county road and there's seven black suburbans doing 70. They had been doing 70 miles an hour blowing down the road. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. You know, it's just getting light enough to see. Well, they pull into my driveway and I'm like, people just like 20 dudes just like whoa, swarm my house. I was like, holy, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I 
jump in my tractor and I just drive over there and they pull me out at gunpoint, bro. Gunpoint. And I go and I sit down and like long story short is there's a thing called the Lacey Act, which I was unaware of. So the Lacey Act reads that if you take, so in the state of Wyoming, if you shoot an elk on somebody else with somebody else's license, which was what, that's what we were doing. It's a misdemeanor. It's like, you know, a, I don't even know, $250, $500 fine, something like that. But if you take something in violation of a state law and then it crosses a state line, now all of a sudden you've committed a felony. And bro- like we went through three years of the absolute most, it was hell, like the amount of stress, the, 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 the amount of stress that was under that we were put under was just what was, it was the crazy. agency that was kicking in the door kicking in the tractor door i mean it was the 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 it was the the game and fish and then the i don't even know what the game the, and fish the, rolling the, in in seven suburbans like well that? It, it it was the fed i mean it was the feds it was oh, basically whatever gosh. it was the fed the feds came in and you know, they basically, they were looking for something that didn't exist. They thought this was a, a poaching ring and this like crazy things. And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't there. You know, we were, we were harvesting elk and, uh, you know, the, the thing that was illegal was the license that was on the elk wasn't the name, the same name as the guys that was on there. So long story short is like they, uh, they took, it was, that was a rough, that was a pretty rough period in our life. And, uh, yeah. you know, it cost me, cost me everything that I'd, that I'd made up to that point. Oh. You know, I, I paid, I paid my brother's fines and, you know, and they ended up, they put me in, they put me, they locked me up for a couple months, which, you know, you're no just way. like, it's all, yeah, yeah, it was freaking crazy. And so it's like, but like, I guess the point of the story is, is that like, you know, there's always, I've always tried to find the good in every shitty thing, right? And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, like, I'm going to prison, right? And so, like, you don't want to go to prison, like, it's not a play. Like, we've all seen like Oz, you know, that's what that show Oz was on, and I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like the skinny little white boy, like, this is not, I'm kind of cute, you know. I was like, this is not gonna be good. So, um, but I go in there with like, you know, an uh, a good attitude, and uh, you know what I what I found in is prison is like, it's a really a pretty. It was a pretty wild place, you know? I mean, it wasn't this place I was it was in Yankton, South Dakota, and it was like no no violent offenders and no uh sex offenders there. So, not to say some of these dudes were just like dude, stone cold killers, but they'd never been caught. Like bullet holes like just I'm like But so <laughs> throw us into the mix and but the one thing that I found there is that if you're depressed or you're feeling sorry for yourself, you need to go to prison because in there, like I met people that have never had anything. Chances are they're never going to have anything, but they still had hope and they had awesome attitudes. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the most profound things to me is like, here I was like, I would, they put me in prison for two months and here I am like, you know, it, was, it would have been real easy. I get struggle. Like some days I'm t- like depressed and some days I'm like, okay, I, I got my shit together. But I, I felt really guilty. Like I go in there and I'm like, I, I have no right to feel the way to feel sorry for myself when this guy's been in here for 17 years, you know? And it's like, and they just like, it's all, it's attitude, man. It all comes down to your attitude and, and 
keeping a positive attitude because that's like that's a powerful thing and it's like i saw in there is like man that's like they 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 lost their freedom and their families and everything but these guys still had hope and i, I met some really cool guys in there i met some total dirtbags too but there was some there was some there was some decent guys in there but yeah so that was a you know that was a i feel like that really kind of catalyzed that really got me thinking you know because i had you know, at 40 years old, or I don't know how old, oh, I was, was mid-30s at that point. So in my mid-30s, you know, I've been going and blowing and working and, you know, immersed in this, like, this, like, go-get-money world. Um, mm. And then all of a sudden, I, I had a two-month break where I could just, like, work on self-improvement. Yeah. And I was like, a oh, man. like forced it, break, but a break nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so chill, other than, like, you know, you had to, like, deal with crap, but <laughs> you, than, you know, didn't... Prison. You didn't have to work, like, you didn't have to worry about anything. You know, they're going to take care of you. You're just bored. So then you're just, right. like, you and your brain. And it's, like, I started to write and think. And, like, and that was pretty, that was pretty cool. You know, it was, I would never, it was, like, some people say about the Marines, you know, like, I'd never do it again, but I'd never pass up the, the opportunity to do it. Mm. So wow. you can always, it can, it could always be worse, you know. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. can always be worse. Well, this okay and you tell me like no that's not you shut up or whatever but so like that was one of your probably earlier attempts to like hey i can add revenue to our operation here these guys want to buy a landowner tag this is a you know hey great idea yeah. man way to think outside the box and you're like boom i'm you know i'm finding my way yeah. here and then that couldn't have gone worse to the point where <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're literally in jail and now you've you've got time to to think and come up with new ideas did it was everybody maybe a little leery of your ideas when you came back like hey man i last mean time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I get i mean i definitely i get that from i get i i have got that feel from time to time like uh, my you know my brother he's like you know it's kind of like joke you know it's like it, slow down here now like you know and so i i do i get going i get going pretty fast but um really you know we did it it came out of necessity to you know try to find alternative sources of income um, I learned that you need to do a little more research because uh, ignorance is no excuse. Yeah, um, yeah they do not excuse yeah, ignorance. Less, lesson learned. But at the same time, it was like, well, I'm, I'm glad it cost me that. I learned that lesson then rather than later, and it could have been more costly, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, but we never really we never really cared. You know, after that, like, I learned at that point because, like, we made, like, the year in review, like, three years in three years in a row like at the end of the year the big newspaper in in wyoming the casper star tribune you know and these parasites and they like their big thing was like what are the top 10 stories of the year we made top 10 stories of the year three years in a row and so like in this little community everybody's talking about like whatever so you just Different like stories? i just like different you no the same story the same stupid story how can it be the same if it's the story of the year how can it be the same story three years in a row they because they drug it out for three years oh, they drug oh, it out for three years for oh. it to happen and so there was like it was a big deal you know and anyway it was just uh dirty but, Casper Star so, 
<laughs> people, people, I mean, they just capitalize on negativity. It's just it's so lame. I feel sorry for them, really. People that just, like, you know, take advantage of somebody else's downfall. It's just, like, terrible. But, um, you know, we, so we were just like, whatever. We don't, I didn't really care, you know. You just grow a thick skin and you, because it's just like, you know, they classify you as a felon, you know, and you can't do this and you can't do that. And, you know, you can't vote. You like, I lost all my guns. So now like when I have to put animals, you know, on a ranch, like it's rough, man. you like, things die and things need to, you know, be put out of their, put out of their struggle. You know, at some point, like something breaks away. And so it's like, my, my alternatives got a lot, a lot more hands on, you know? And, and so that was, yeah. That was hard, you know, super hard. But you know, you just keep on, keep on, keep on going. Um, but we never, you know, we just, we just did our thing, and I, I wasn't concerned about, you know, what everybody else, you know, to some extent, you, you know, it's always in the back of your mind. You're like, ah, I wonder what they think. But you know, you just put that away and just keep going because we, we, you know, it always it comes down to family, man. And it comes down to, you know, your friends and your family and, and that support system and having good people around you. And if there's like somebody, like I had this, another experience later in life that I realized that I was like, you know, if like, what am I doing? Like people, like I have people that call me up and, you know, it's like, you always kind of get off the phone and you kind of feel kind of, they kind of bring you down. Right. Yeah. Like these energy suckers oh, yeah. or somebody that like, yeah, you know, vampire. yeah, they, or they plant this like seed of doubt in you. And so at one point I was just like, I cut them all off. I'm like, you're all, it's not that I don't like you, but I've like, I'm outgrown you. And I'm like, I don't have space in my life for that anymore. Yeah. And so I've just like, I cut them all off. And when I did that, like the change in my life, like not having that negative, like suck all the like constant drain on it. It's just like, it got better, you know, it really did. And so we just kept on doing our thing and like trying to innovate the, the, the cows and, um, you know, the, in, in the beef industry, you know, and just like, you know, kind of brought us to the point we are now where we're like, man, like this food model's really, really messed up. And it's not supportive of the people, you know, not just myself, but like all my friends, all my neighbors, all across the United States. Like food is just like, it's one of these things. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a sacred, it should be a sacred thing. You know, there's this like, if you were to take two guys, you know, that are just absolute mortal enemies and you, you make them both get hungry and one man shares bread with another man, like something happens there. Like that's what it comes down to is it's like it's food and shelter has this like it's very powerful and i think it's kind of been hoard out a little bit you know with all this processed food and um you know just gluttony and it's just yuck you know but it's not it's not supportive of of what we're trying to do and it's not representative of what we're trying to do we're trying to do it a little different yeah okay so get let's get into that how how are you doing it different how's it how, well how's that happen i mean well we're we're you know we're really working on um you know with with the quality of our beef and this you know these older these older animals you know we kind of talked about that now, let me ask you this how, how do you what if you run out of older animals like do you have a like how does that work do you are you on pace to where by the time i need another older animal he's she's that old 
Like I'm good. I don't go. know. I mean, we're we're still trying to we're still trying to figure. I don't have we don't have that problem yet. You know, I I, I look forward to the day that where that is the problem is we okay. we're now we're out yeah. because then you know you know it's like on ranching like there's like we said there's like so much potential and there's so many um, there's so much th- so many things that need to be done to improve the land you know or it's just basically it's it's potential but a lot of it you know takes manpower and and bodies and you know finances to you know buy this or buy the water line or, or, or do that so hopefully like we could get to that point where we we have all the the help that we need to to accomplish all the goals not just on our place but like you know it's like there's a lot of dirt on this in in america and it's it's all got the same amount of potential um it's just a matter of you know it's like how do you eat an elephant it's like one bite at a time and so we just keep keep kind of grinding away grinding away at it Mm. okay so you're 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 taking a, a a completely different model. Everybody says you got to have it. Just it's got to be two years old. It's got to be finished on coin. You got to get this thing turned over as fast as possible. It's the only way you have a chance. You guys have have made literally a living out of being like, yeah, I don't, I think we can do it this way. And you're brave enough to try it. And so you 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 and, and I don't like. I don't like people that are doing this dishonestly, and I don't like people that are telling me that it's got to only be doing this way because this ain't working, and we're beating our heads against a, a, a tree here. And so you're, you, the phrase is it's double-aged. Why is it double-aged? Yes, yeah, so that's a, a term we came up with um, because they're old cows, you know. So initially they're old, so they're right. that's their one age, and then we dry-age after that. And so dry-aging oh, okay, is this wow. really – the, the really incredible natural process of when an animal is processed or harvested and then we hang it in a cooler in cold storage for at least 14 days. And so during that time that it's hanging at, you know, the controlled temp, um, the natural enzymes within, within the meat itself start to start to break down, you know? Um, and I mean, it's uh, it's not, you know, it's like, things decompose, you know, left out of a cooler, you know, something out, you know, you see a cow dies out on the, in the Hills, you know, it decomposes and goes back to the soil. It's the same thing, but in a controlled fashion. So these natural enzymes start to break down the meat and the collagen. And at the same time, the moisture, it starts to, um, the, the, the moisture within the meat starts to evaporate and leave. So it really concentrates the flavor and it makes for, it makes for an entirely different, um, product. It's just, it's, it's the, the depth of the flavor is it's so insane. Like you could take, you could take our beef and like a commodity fed beef and look at the marbling within it and then cook those steaks side by side. Ours will kick cook differently than, than the commodity, but like the flavor in it is undeniable. I mean, like it's, it's just, it's so rich and so flavorful. It's, it's a, it's much closer to wild game than a commodity fed product because it's actually, you know, it takes more time, you know, and it's, it's really, it's truly the harvest of the rangeland. You know, these animals are out eating the native grasses and eating the native vegetation. And that's where, that's what that fat, you know, that's where it comes from. Family and manpower to do the things you're doing. Is is that kind of like the 260 people in this entire town 
And I imagine there's certain times that everybody kind of comes. Do you guys come together and and help each other? Like branding when it's when it's brand. Yeah, that's the back. That's the front yard right there. <laughs> We're looking at the the front yard of the ranch right now. He just walked out on the porch, and it is gorgeous. Incredible. Yeah, so I mean, it is. It's a it's a small community, so people are very um, you know community oriented around here, and you know take take care of take care of each other type of mentality. So yeah. I mean, whenever. If, if something needs to get done, you know, people always, people always come together and, and, and get it done, you know, uh, but I guess like my point of like the, the lack of uh, finances and, and labor, you know, on, on these ranches is like so much of the time people are just in survival mode. You know, they're just, just trying to get the bare necessities done just to continue. But as far as like surviving or, or you know, it's just survival mode, but as far as improvements, you know, it's it's really hard to to improve to make anything you know better as far as like by leaps and bounds yeah you know, it's just a lot of it's just survival mode yeah survival mode now your brother he's he working is working on the ranch in the summers but he's got another thing going on too right yeah so my my brother mark he's a he's a professional snowboarder and so he spends uh he spends his winters away um and mostly in Jackson Hole, you know, if the snow's really good, um, he'll stay there the whole year. He'll travel a little bit, you know, kind of chase the snow, um, go to Argentina sometimes in the in the in the fall or in the the summer. Go down there. Yeah, he's he 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 lives a completely different life lifestyle than we do. But when he's he's back, you know, he'll help us. Uh, you know, we kind of we consider him like special special ops because yeah. he doesn't. Like, He's not really into just coming out and doing the, you know, the day-to-day stuff. But, like, if there's cows that need to be chased, Mark will come out and, like, there's no better help in the world than, than my brother. On we get So we, we like to do a, a lot of our, our stuff on motorbikes. You know, we grew up riding, as kids, grew up riding, riding horses um, and, and chasing cows. But then we've moved on to, you know, we were always, we never had enough help. And my old man's just like... Yeah, we can do it. And I'm like, it's the craziest thing because I'm like, uh, like my dad, like he never, he never, I never looked, I never thought he ever, I don't know that he's ever seen a job and been like, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. He was always just like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, what are you talking about? And by God, by the end of the day, you would accomplish something that you, you would have never, ever started out. Like we would have never taken on the task because looking at it, you're like, Oh, this is too big. Yeah. But then if you start in, you're like, and you just put your head down and, and go blank. Like before long, you, you, you actually did it. And, yeah. and so, uh, yeah. So Mark, Mark comes in and, uh, we get on the motorbikes and go chase cows around and, you know, do, do those kind of things. So you chase it, you riding dirt bikes around. Instead, yeah. of, instead of horses. Yep. yep. And that's probably you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to take care of as many horses and all of that. Is that is that the factors into that or? Yeah, I mean we you 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 we still got the, we still got the horses. Um, we got the kid the kids and and my wife and like we'll still we'll go out and do you know there's the if you're around like baby calves like horses are awesome for baby calves mm. because the little dude like they'll run back and like a motorcycle you can't like if a cow stops. 
and like wants to like cut behind you, you have to like a motorcycle, you have to turn it in the circle so she can beat you. Or if a calf like wants to try to run by you, once they get like confident, like you're, you can't really stop them. But a horse, you're just like, you know, they're like, you can rope it, you can rope a calf, you can, you know, you've got a lot more options for that slower pace. But on a motorcycle, you know, you can just flat out rip. And so we're always dealing with this like very large, large country. And we never had enough help that, you know, a motorcycle when you're out gathering. So initially, let me, I'll explain what gathering is. When you go to gather, like all the cows are out in, uh, you know, a large pasture, which like down when we're in, in the Southern part of the States, you know, it's 320 square miles. And so you have to first, they're all spread out across this vast expense. You have to go get them all and like kind of group them up. And so that's when the gathering is on the motorcycles, you know, a motorcycle, you're doing 50 miles an hour. Um, you know, you can take the place of 10, 10 horses, horses get tired, you know? Um, yeah. but once you, once you get them together, then it, you, you have to have those horses to, to be in the back because the babies, you know, that you get them all confined and, and as you're trailing along and, you know, the cows will lose track of their calves and then the calves like, and the cows, they want to run back to the last place that they were, the calf, the cow and the calf sucked. Like that's kind of their, like their marker, the last place we sucked. Like if they lose each other, they always go back to that yeah. spot. So you need the, you need the horses for, for that aspect. So yeah, we, we've, uh, just out of necessity and to, to get the job done, you know, we've kind of taken on the motorbikes and just rip, rip around on those things. Is Was there ever, and it seems like, and, but, uh, from from a distance there's a really cool relationship between you and your brother but i always thought about like the uh the story of the prodigal son right where he gets to come back to the family farm and everybody celebrates him coming back and he's like this big hero well that guy had a brother and he was like screw this i've been here working the whole time like and then you guys come <laughs> here and kill the fatted calf because he was there was there any of that dynamic at first when he was kind of oh yeah yeah i mean we still we still we still struggle with that you know i do you know because he gets you know his life you know, uh, his life is so much different than mine. You know, he's off like flying around in helicopters, like hanging out with like super famous people, you know, like having, ha having like dinner, like eating sushi. And right. I'm like, we're just living in shit, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like literally like go out and just get, get dipped in, get dipped in cow shit. And so it's, it's completely, it's completely different, yeah. you know? And so, I've always, I've always struggled with that, you know, and then he comes back, but like, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's all about communication and keeping the channels of communication yeah. open rather than just get pissed and be like, you know, right. Uh, that That's it, you know, and because of, we're, we're not, I'm not that person, it, but it is, it's like things evolve off you know and it's like what 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 is good you know you find yourself okay we're in a good place and then like a couple months go by and something evolves and like all of a sudden you're like they're not in that good of a place so you just have to reconnect and be like hey you know this is bothering me mm -hmm. i need to talk about this mm -hmm. and you know if if you can have and i mean it's not just with my brothers like it's just with everybody is like people have to behave you know I'm losing you a little bit here. Can you can there you go. You can figure I, it out. Last thing I heard oh, you say was you, people have to what? If you if you have have two rash and you have a conversation, you can always come back to 
you can always figure it out. Yeah. But if you ever have a person that one person that's not rational, hey, it doesn't matter how rational the other person is because one person like it's not going to work. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and so that's, that's very that's a rare thing though. That's a wise way to live and there's a lot of people that just once that first I always thought that the first disagreement is like, all right, now we're getting started. Here we go, we're getting somewhere. Whereas most people it's yeah. like that's a deal breaker. That guy doesn't like me and now I can't be around him or whatever. And that this yeah. just it's not it's not it's not a sustainable way to live. I think it's very cool that you guys are finding a way to make that work where he's still yeah. involved in that and he's still doing, obviously that's what lit him up is a little bit different. Right. And, uh, yeah. he, he's made his own path, but he's also still a part of that. It's very yeah. And he, and, and, and he, you know, he contributes in, in, in his own, his own way, you know, just like we all do, you know, but it's like that, that world's a, it, that's a completely different world, you know? And to me, it's very strange, you know, this like whole famous thing in this like it's just there's a lot of e you know anytime that camera gets out you know there's just like this it is this automatic thing like the camera like really tries to search out for ego you know and and i feel bad for i feel bad in that respect because it's like anytime you're on camera then all of a sudden you you like you have said this is who i am right, right. and so it's like once once you've established like this is who I am, then there's almost some pressure that that's who you have to be. You so you be can't change. Yeah. You have to be that guy all the time and you can't, you can't change. Um, you know, and so there, I feel like there's a lot of, a, a lot of pressure in that, which I don't have to deal with that stuff. And I'm really grateful for that. You know, I was right. like, yeah. my wife and I just, we just do our thing mm -hmm. out here and, you know, or kind of, you know, immune to, immune to all of that world. Mm. So, yeah. Well, you, this is not your, if you guys go check out the, the Carter country meets Instagram and, and the business and the website, this is not your average ranch or as far as like what you would imagine if a ranch put up a website, like this thing is cool and it is it's almost like a, a brand where you I haven't bought a piece of beef yet and I want a t-shirt and a hat and I want to, it, it's just like something that you you can root for and get behind you guys are organized and just in my tiny little uh, attempt in it over here with Manchild, th that's no small feat like it is no small feat to be able to put two people to the public um, an aesthetic uh, an organized way of presentation of how you want to look and how you, how you want this thing to feel and how you want people to feel when they, when they see your, your business and your product and you guys are doing it and it looks, it looks, it looks really cool. Um, yeah. how, how'd that come about? How did you kind of polish that piece well, of the model? Oh man. I mean, I really appreciate you saying that, but it's like, I take, you know, when it comes to that stuff, like I, I take very little credit for it because that's not what I do. You know, I just, I do the other kind of stuff, but you know, it's all, it's all about the team, yeah. the team effort and everybody working together. And, you know, it's like, and, it, and it's still evolving, you know, as far as, um, you know, what we're, what we are, you know, 
right now we're like we're rant we're ranchers and you know we sell meat which is cool but like we want to do so much more than that you know it's like this the food industry like it needs help and we want to do it and so it's all about i really feel like no matter what you're doing it's a it's your it's a people it's a people thing right and so you know it's kind of strange how like all these amazing people have come into our life just like just happenstance you know we need somebody and there they are you know and so we've got a really awesome team of people that help us with uh you know the the you know the marketing of things and uh, the website and like you know and then i you know i gotta give big props to my wife like this girl she is she like first of all like it isn't easy being married to me like i'm <laughs> i'm we've we've, we've I, I, I'm a, I'm a hard, I'm a hard one. Like I'm definitely, it's been, it's been challenging, but she's like got such, she's got such a creative mind. And so my wife kind of leads, like, she's a big part of like my creativity is I can like bounce ideas off of her and, and she can, you know, throw her two cents at it. And, you know, cause it is, you know, it's like one, anybody who says it's all me is like, you're just so stuck in your ego, you know, and yeah. because and, and, and your idea is not your idea is gonna not be as good as it could be if you brought other people in and it had because there's always better somebody 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 else always has a different perspective and if you're closed off to that you're going you're not gonna you're gonna miss something yeah because everybody is good at something else something than something that you you're not good at. And I think that's like the real key to why we're finding the success and the voice that we have is because of, you know, we're open to that. And like it's, it's, it is truly, a, it is truly a teamwork and, you know, everybody's opinion has value. And we know that, you know, there's more strength in, in every's everybody's opinion than, you know, just mine or, you know, my brothers or, or whatever, my wife's, you know, it's a, the collaboration of it. Oh. I think, and, and this, I want to get from your perspective with this, but I think, um, how our relationship with food, our relationship with the work it took to get the food and our relationship with each other while we experience the work and the food is at the centerfold of the human experience. It's just, it's at the very center of life. And so what I, and I kind of want to wrap it up with this is why is this important? Why isn't it just mindlessly consume and eat and then mindlessly move on to the next part of your day without any why do we need what you're doing in our in the in the center of our conversation why does this need to be on the on the forefront of our frontal lobe as to what we think about when we i think i've kind of dipped out on you again Uh uh-oh can you hear me can you You there yeah can you hear me there you are okay you got me yeah there you are Okay. Yep. I know it's tough to do. To, <laughs> you have these really deep, and then it's like oh, I can't. Hear you. Yeah. 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 So basically, you know, why why is this important? Why I yeah I mean like I don't know I mean it's it's imp- to me this this whole this whole movement of of food is 
it's important because it's a common denominator. <clears throat> you know, this is, food is what has brought people together from the very beginning. Food is what, I mean, at the end of the day, food is the power. Uh, that is the strength of our nation. You know, I've talked to guys that are, you know, in the CIA and their theories are, man, if, if you've got food, it's not the, it's not about the oil or the gold or anything else. It is about the food. And if you, you know, like these, they go into these countries and, um, you know, to do whatever. And they're like, if they've got a lot of food, they're very tough. But if they don't have much food, we crack them quick. But it, it comes down to the food because that that's our strength, you know, on a group level, on a na nation level. It's the food all the way down to a personal level. And it's like, you know, if you're eating crappy food, and I, I know this from experience because I used to be the dude that would just roll, you know, when I was just chasing, running after my dad as a, you know, you just run into the gas station. They used to have those like triple stacker, like little deli sandwiches and just like, you get two of those and some mayonnaise and taco sauce and just crush one of those and then get the Mountain Dew and you're like, oh, what, that only comes in a 128 ouncer? And like, that's how I was living. And then, you know, I, and then I, I met my wife and she's like, starts showing, like showing me this other way of doing things. And she's extremely health conscious, which I, you know, anything I know about health is basically through her, you know, teaching me. And so, uh, you know, but once you start, and it's a strange thing, because if you're eating garbage, you're, you're like, you, you don't realize it. You have to clean your, you have to clean your diet up. And so then you become sensitive to it. So once you quit eating garbage, then you really can't go back to eating garbage because it makes you feel like crap. But it's like this slippery, like you slowly just start to eat more and more garbage, which everybody's been brought up, right, at this point yeah. on, you know, yeah. processed food. And so you don't even know that you feel crappy because you've been feeling crappy your whole life. And so you think that's the norm. Mm. But when you quit eating the stuff, then all of a sudden you start to feel better about yourself. You start to not be, not be tired. Um, and, and then, and then you start to have like, you start, you know, if you feel better, then you act better. You treat yourself better. You treat other people better. And then on this mental level, like you have better ideas. Or maybe it's like not that you just have better ideas, but you have less bad ideas. Because I mean, really, like I can speak from experience. Is like, what's a bad ex what's a bad decision gonna cost you? You know, it's your life. Like you can create out of it whatever you want. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So you know, we we just need to be smart. But I think you know our society is we've been coming at it like we've been doing it wrong, man. Like we've been doing it wrong, and I feel like it's at the expense. It's at the individual's expense because other people are driven by this, like get more money, um, pumping out, you know, crap food. And it's like, it should be more, it should be slower than that. It should be more sacred than that. You know? So I, I really feel that, it, it, you know, everything, it just, it comes down to education and it comes down to people talking about it and people taking care of each other and helping each other. And that's like, we're, why we're really pushing, you know, to create, you know, to create models where, you know, what, no matter where you're at, if you're in a city back in the middle of, you know, on the East coast, you should know where your food comes from. Because at the end of the day, you really cannot trust those labels. Like you just can't, like it's an affidavit that somebody signs that, and there's money involved. You know, it comes down to like, Hey, is that cattle, is that cow grass fed? 
if it is, it's worth 25 cents more a pound. And so the guy's like, yep. Yeah. It's grass fed. You <laughs> sure it is, you know? And so, I mean, and my point of view is, would you rather trust the people that are actually raising your food or are you going to go ahead and trust that label? Mm. Because you, you can feel the difference if you slow down and like allow yourself to, um, you know, but it, it takes discipline too. It's hard, you know, it's hard. Easy thing. It's harder. It's hard. It's harder and it's better, which I've yet to find two those two things be in opposition of each other. Harder and worse are, are, are much more rare than, than, <laughs> yeah. than easy and bad. Uh, so, this yeah. one, one of these models that eliminates uh, take, having to take somebody who's probably t- doing something shady, uh, and we know exactly who we're getting it from, and, and yours, y- you guys ex- especially, is with your subscription program. How does that work? Yeah, our subscription program is like, right now what we're, we're really working on is just, you know, the education of each cut. Um, we're working on our blog with Nate through that and how to cook each cut but you know it's like kind of getting away from this model of you know um you know individual steaks as like you can get on you only eat this and so we're basing everything we have these boxes so it's you can order a five ten or twenty pound box um and it's based off of the whole animal percentage so you get um you get a percentage of you know we've classified each We've classified the the different cuts on the cow, so we know that like the ribeye, the tenderloin, and the strip, you know, the New York strip, like that's all like that certain type of cut, right. certain type of steak. Right. They all fall in that criteria. So your per, your percentage of your box box is representative of those cuts. Yeah. And really, what that allows is like people get to order cuts that you know, um, you know, they get to to try cuts that they've never tried before. And then people are amazed. They're like, oh my gosh, I've never had the culotte, which is also like the pecana or uh, a Delmonico or a Denver. And they're like, this is amazing. And so we're adding value to our product because we're keeping it out of the grind. We're keeping, not turning it into hamburger. And, um, you know, so that's kind of, that's kind of the, on our box, our boxes program. We got, we also, we've got a, a bone broth that I think this week we're going to be, we'll be able to sell, these these bone broth our boxes of bone broth that's just really really good stuff but yeah well there's something very very cool about uh being on the 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 forefront of trying something new because of it you're going back to the old ways of doing something and and believing that you know what there was real value in these things that we somewhere along the line dismissed in the in an attempt to hurry up and uh, I think there, there's I, I find these these cross threads across lots of different domains. Um, I'm, a, I'm a college football strength conditioning coach and fads go through like crazy as to how to get an athlete to be ready to go play football. And and it's mainly is how fast can we get them there, and it's how big can we get them there, and all that. It's 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 almost eerily similar to raising cattle and. You, you go back to these old ways of this is how the body moves. We move like this because we're, we're built to work and we work and we use this part of our brain. We use this part of our lungs and this energy system. And when you slow down and just go back to some of these old ways, you, you see a difference. And you guys are doing that 
um, in your realm, and it's and it's really cool. And I'm fortunate to be able to uh, to to get your take on it, and 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 to hear hear you explain that to us. And it's so important. But I wanted people to be able to hear it straight from uh, a rancher himself, who's who's decided to to put himself out there and do things um, just better, for lack of a better term. And yeah. uh, you guys are. It's, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm new I'm I'm new to the party here of what you guys are doing, but I'm a, I'm a big big fan and I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you taking the time to like hear us and uh, you know just like that's that's how that's how things change. You know, just have the conversation and talk about it. Absolutely. So yeah, just really appreciate it. Well, I I don't want to take any more of your time. What's on tap for Sunday on the ranch? Oh, Sunday. Well, I already took care of my morning chores, so. We got some. Uh, we've got some birds. We're gonna go check on. We've got a bunch of geese and ducks. So we'll go check on them, and we go rip the motorbike around and kind of get a game plan for for Monday. So it's about. It's getting springtime out here, so everything's getting green. And uh, if it doesn't rain here in the not too distant future, we got to start irrigating. So, kind of getting getting our pivots and everything squared away. Awesome. Uh, yep. Man, I appreciate you very much. Have a great one. Yeah. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thanks. Bye. Man, and I told you, isn't that guy interesting? I mean, that guy's on to something. There's a, if you got, you know, if you got an idea and you got people just hating on it and telling you, yeah, you can't do that, you don't, you know. RC says separate yourself from those kind of guys. All right, listen, that was part one, and uh, we we released part one and part two at the same time. Jump in, uh, we, you know, right into. Um, part two of this conversation where they talk about some specific projects that they're working with some really cool ideas as well as you know what's really going on with the way we're consuming food in this country right now how can you be a part of the progress a part of the right direction and it's going to take all of us and it's it's uh, really exciting as always thank you to our engineer, our website developer, our all-around buddy, pal, friend, the owner-operator of the Fringe Coffee House and the Fringe Church, Mr. Patrick Davis and his wife, Sarah Davis. Uh, thank you to David Lessing, writer, performer, and uh, creator of the Man-Child Jingle. All right, guys, uh, <clears throat> I'm choking to death. Sorry. But... Uh, Stick with it, man. You know, and uh, whatever, dive into whatever's whatever's tugging on your heartstrings, man. It's there for a reason, and uh, don't let anybody tell you why you shouldn't, why you can't, why you don't need to, why you should just avoid the headache. It's worth the headache. It's all worth the headache. Go get a headache, and then go get a nice rest and wake up and do it all over again. All right, that's what struggling's all about. We don't know each other. We don't know ourselves if we do not just enter into this struggle together all right love you guys have a great one and uh we'll see you we'll see you down the road here